Money with Mary Holm. Hello there. Hello, Jessie. Mary's getting around a bit. On August 8th, she'll be in Wellington delivering a public seminar, and it's all about what to do with your money, how to make yeah. your money grow faster than just saving it in the bank accounts. Yeah, that's basically it. Mm. Yes. More, yes. Sorry, more details on Mary's website, maryholm.com, and there's a link on our webpage too. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> uh, good for you. Yeah, well worth doing. And particularly, you know, yeah, from a lot of people who've just come into a little bit of like a lump sum money or someone's died and they've got an inheritance yes. or they've maybe sold the house and got a bit of money left over and they're just like, yep. what now? It's the first time they come to someone like you. So. Yeah, that does happen quite often. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking KiwiSaver today, which um, presumably is going to form part of the strategy if you've got a bit of money left over. So yes. 10 years in... You decided to do a bit of a survey. Oh, we're going to do a quick follow-up, actually, aren't we? Yes. Chris? Go just, ahead. Just a quick thing. Last time we talked about scams, and a few days after that there was a, a headline in the media about an unknown cryptocurrency trader turned $55 million of paper wealth into $283 million in just over a month. Mm-hmm. So it went 55 to 283 And I looked at that and I thought, oh. I mean, these stories are... Great to read, but the, what scares me is that people are going to look at that and think, oh, I might do that too and yeah. get into this cryptocurrency trading. Yeah, Bitcoin. Um, yeah, all that stuff, mm. and I'm not an expert on it, but I just suggest that people who look at that kind of headline and get excited by it, think about what wealth is being created by money moving around the globe, and and the fact is none. You know, it's not like we've got a factory making something or somebody producing some kinds of services or somebody putting money in the bank that then the bank lends out to somebody else to do something interesting with. There's no no wealth being created. And therefore, for every dollar one person wins, another person's going to lose a dollar, Mm. minus the profits that go to the people that set the whole thing up. So You would treat cryptocurrency the same way you treat any other form of currency or or would you treat it more like something like gold? More like gold, more like a lottery really. So so you've got this person has made a huge win which means a lot of other people have made big losses and all I wanted to say to listeners is please don't look at headlines like that and think I'm going to get into this because the odds are heavily against them coming out ahead. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to KiwiSaver. I was so fascinated to see this um, little survey you were doing. So oh. what was the, what was the idea? Yeah, and I, in my column in the Herald a few weeks before the 10th anniversary, the 10th anniversary of KiwiSaver was July the 1st. So I asked people to send in information on how much money they themselves had put into their KiwiSaver account, not the company and not the government, just their own contributions, mm. and then what their final balance was. Right. And got uh, an actuary friend of mine to to set up the the um, spreadsheet so that to do the mathematical calculations. Well, one calculation was very easy, and that was just looking at how much your money had been multiplied. Like nearly the vast majority of people, and I got about three hundred responses. So you know, oh, fair number. Yeah. yeah. Um, nearly everybody's money had at least doubled. So if they'd put in ten thousand their total fund was now worth more than 20000 mm. But when you looked at that for employees, 
um, the average was was doubled to two and a half times, you know, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for non-employees, it was more like around two for them. The very top one, the one that did the very best, had multiplied their money by 3.9 times, so almost quadrupled their money in KiwiSaver, um, which is interesting. And, I mean, that person obviously was in a high-growth fund, which... Mm. Um, happened to do really well. And then what we also looked at, and this was a more complicated calculation, was looking at the returns you'd get on the money you put in compared with the total you had. Mm. That can be calculated out as an equivalent annual return you made on that money. Mm. Um, And those amounts were, for employees, it averaged about 12% to about 18%, depending on how risky your fund was. And It's very for, high, isn't it? It is. It's really high. For non-employees, it was more like around 11 or 12%. Um, is that my phone? No, I no, think it's you. my phone. Oh, Mary Holm. Oh, no. I've You're buying a round of drinks. The, yeah. Is that is that what happens? Oh, yeah. no. It's all over. In the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, am I? Oh, Oh, well, I might, that might be quite fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was very naughty. No, that's um, so, and that includes not just the return on their investments, but the including the amount that the money uh, the government's given them and their employer. That's has given right. Them. Yeah. So it's a it's a and I've had a letter for, a follow up letter that I'm actually going to address in the column this week about that because I think some people misunderstood that it's not the return that the KiwiSaver provider has given them, mm. which is quite a lot lower than that, although. They have been good in recent years, but it's the because you've got the government money coming in, and in many cases, an employer's money as well. It's kind of the return you've earned on the money you've put in, mm. and so they're very high, sort of twelve. And, and so you should include um, those calculations because well, that's one of the reasons to sign up to KiwiSaver. Yeah. You've got an advantage over people who are investing um, just somewhere else. That's right, and so it's it's the equivalent of. If you were comparing it with an investment in a rental property or in shares or in something else, uh, you should look at that number because you're getting the, this extra input coming in from somebody else. Mm. And and so uh, the, the very top performer got 44.7% return on their money. Annually. Which, which Yes, the, these are annual returns. Yeah. Um, that was someone in an aggressive fund. And there was a real tendency when you looked at it for the higher risk, the KiwiSaver people in the higher risk funds, the bottom is, is defensive or conservative funds going through to growth and aggressive funds, and the higher risk ones over the 10 years did have higher average returns, which is what we would expect. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Bear um, in mind, too, that KiwiSaver began in 2007, which was probably the worst time to be launching an yeah. uh, investment fund, right? Because we had to go through 2007, 2008, 2009, where a lot of things went backwards. The global financial crisis, and especially the riskier funds. Mm. People had gone into the conservative ones, they kind of cruise through, they, they will always cruise through yeah. um, those big downturns. Um, so yes, at the, in the first part of that 10 years, people did very badly. But fortunately, most people didn't have much money in KiwiSaver then, and so Okay, it went down. So you you know your mm. two thousand dollars went down to one thousand. That meant you lost a thousand. Whereas if it had happened um, later on, your twenty thousand yeah. had gone down to ten thousand. You yeah. would have lost ten thousand. If you see that's what I mean. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, and so did, that's did just pro- luck. Sorry, Mary. Did it, did it surprise you that the return was so high, or was it about what you expected? It's about what I expected, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, and yeah. I mean, we've always known this extra money was coming in. I mean, that's. 
the basic argument as to why I say everyone should be in KiwiSaver. It's very hard to do. It's it's let's say it's impossible to do as well at a similar risk level. Mm. You can get a higher return on some risky investments like heavily geared rental property when things go right. You can do fantastically mm. well on that. But that's much riskier than this. And so for the risk level, they're excellent returns. Dare I ask you whether you took tax into account in those returns? Yeah, these are after tax and after fees because they're just actually looking at your money you've put in and then your final balance. And so that Mm. balance has got the fees and taxes taken out of it. So, yes, it's after all of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So So interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and for those who couldn't quite follow it all, the point is that you get, it's really good investment, KiwiSaver. Do you yeah. buy your actuary a bottle of wine or something? Uh, yeah, something like that might be happening, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and while we're on KiwiSaver, we're going to answer a few questions that we've received from listeners over the last couple of months, um, and it starts with this one. This isn't really a question. No. It's an allegation. <laughs> Mary, that money you'd get given from the government and KiwiSaver is my bloody tax. Yes, and that was um, a comment that probably came in after I'd mentioned something about it on this program, I suspect. Mm. These these questions have come in over the last few months, you know, at different times, um, and that person is absolutely right. The money that we get given from the government in KiwiSaver is somebody else's tax or our tax. And that, and that's something we've got to keep in mind. That's why KiwiSaver isn't necessarily a good thing. It's good for each person who's individually in it. Mm. It's not necessarily good for the country as a whole because it's using taxpayer dollars that could have been used to look after children in poverty or whatever. Um, yeah, so we've got to keep that in mind. that it's not. You're not going to yeah. bite back? Um, no, he's he's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one then? I'll turn 65 next April. I'm a KiwiSaver member, and as I'm not working, I have an automatic payment of $90 a month, just like Mary tells you to do, mm-hmm. so that I qualify for the full member tax credit. How will my member tax credit be worked out next year? Will it make any difference if I was to pay the full annual amount before my birthday in April? My April payment will be made after my birthday. Should I make this payment earlier in the month? Yes, so this person, we've got to remember, this person's turning 65 during the year. And and so she's wondering how to handle getting the maximum tax credit. And the answer, this applies also to people who are turning 18 within a KiwiSaver year. Mm. So between July 1 and June 30, if you're turning 18, then you start being eligible for the member tax credit if you turn 65. Unless you've been, if you've been in, in KiwiSaver less than five years, you get five years of tax credit. But if you've been in for at least five years and you turn 65, the tax credit stops. So during that year, the year that ends June 30th, those people who turn 65 or 18 get the tax credit for the proportion of the year that they're eligible. So it's if, if they turn 18 or 65 on December the 30th, then they've got, they're eligible for half the year. So mm. they're eligible for the maximum tax credit, half the maximum tax credit. It just works out like that. Um, Mary says half the year because the financial year starts in July. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the KiwiSaver year. Yes, Sorry. yes, yeah. Um, the financial year starts on in April, so it's all terribly, it's terribly complicated. Okay. Um, but any, anyway... Um, so it's proportionate to the amount of the year that you've been six, under 65 or over 18. 
Um, now, this woman is concerned about when she contributes the money, and it doesn't matter. You can contribute it before uh, or after your birthday. The government just... Look, Inland Revenue just looks at the end of the year, KiwiSaver year, at how much you've put in during that year. So mm. it doesn't matter. As long as she gets it in before uh, July 1st, she's that's, all right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, okay. yeah. And the other point to make with people turning 65, don't sweat it too much. Um, you don't, you know, worrying about putting in a little bit more than you need to to get the maximum tax credit you can get because don't forget that once you've turned 65, you can get all your money straight back out again anyway. So if you put in $100 more than you needed to to get the maximum tax credit, a few months later you can take it back out again. And it's probably earned a bit of a return in the meantime. So that's not quite the case with the 18-year-olds, of course, that money. But still, it's in KiwiSaver. It's not as if it's a terrible thing to have put in more than you need. Yeah. Next question from George. There are some small KiwiSaver and Pi Fund providers who charge low fees and invest in exchange-traded funds. However, they are not well known and they don't have very large funds under management. How can I be sure that they are not fraudulent and that they'll actually invest in what they claim to invest in? Yeah, good question, George. And, you know, we should all be sceptical about any investments. But as it happens with KiwiSaver, these days or these years, they they have a supervisor, which is a whole separate company that's in there making sure the KiwiSaver money goes where um, where they say it's going. Mm -hmm. And um, you're not investing in the provider, you're investing in shares, bonds, etc. that the provider buys. So even if the provider went belly up itself, your investment won't because it's actually investing through the provider into actual investments. Um, The Financial Markets Authority, which I'm on the board of, but that's beside the point, they um, monitor the supervisors and check that they're doing the job they're meant to be doing. Um, Everyone, the government has has always said there are no guarantees in KiwiSaver. They're not guaranteeing that if things went wrong, you would get your money back. But they're being watched very closely. It's not like the finance companies in, in several years back. Yeah, it's and a I whole some, different thing. And yeah. I sometimes hear the mistaken notion that the government is holding all the money and that yeah. you can't trust the government not to do yeah. something else with it. But that's also not the case. No, that's right. It's, it's invested in in shares and, and, and bonds, etc. And look, in the end, people can be terribly... I know we've talked about this before, can be terribly scared of anything happening in an investment and you can also be terribly scared of getting hit by and get caught up in a car accident and never go anywhere. Mm. Or I mean, in, in life, there are some risks that are worth taking, and I would venture to suggest that KiwiSaver is one of them. Okay. Yeah. And to our next question, this is an interesting one. Greer and John ask, should you be able to pay off a student loan with KiwiSaver savings? My partner worked for some years and built up some KiwiSaver savings. She went back to university for some further study, took out a student loan. She's now working again and making compulsory repayments to her student loan, all the while having enough money in her KiwiSaver account to pay off the loan in one hit. It's quite frustrating to be paying interest on a loan and having amounts removed from pay packets, all the while having savings there that aren't accessible for 30 years. Yeah, and and John raises an interesting question here. He does make one serious mistake, though. He's talking about paying interest on the loan, and I'm assuming she's in New Zealand. That's certainly the implication. And therefore, she's not paying interest on the student loan. It's interest-free. And that, therefore, she is in the meantime earning 
returns, interest and other returns on her KiwiSaver and not paying interest on the loan. And for that reason, she's actually, even if she were allowed to use the KiwiSaver money to pay off the loan, it wouldn't be a good move. Mm. Um, the only reason people might want to do it, some people just hate having a student loan. I know that they just feel like yeah. they've got a big debt. So psychologically, you know, people quite often want to get rid of it. But because... Um, it's not you're not paying any interest on it. That it's not a smart move move to pay mm. off with with money that otherwise could be earning returns. Mary almost always advises to pay debt off first, but a student loan is an exception it's to different that. Because so it's different because because it's interest free mm. or a loan from family. Sometimes sometimes you can get an interest free loan from family. Those are about the only ways. Um, in any case, you know there could still be an argument made that. People should be allowed to use their KiwiSaver to pay off their student loans, and some people would applaud it because they say, well, the government is lending this money out interest-free and people should mm. pay it back. It would be better it's for New Zealand. Morally. That's right, yeah. for, for, the, for the government. But, you know, KiwiSaver is basically meant to be there to save for your retirement. There's an exception in that is you can take the money out to buy a first home. I approve of that exception, but quite a few people don't. They think we should, it should just solely be retirement money. Um and if we start making other exceptions like student loans or just paying student fees in the first place, uh, it's all a nice idea, but it's going to water down the money so much that people aren't going to get nearly as much in retirement. So in in any case, I don't think that would be good policy myself. Okay. I'm talking to Mary Holm, personal finance experts, answering your questions on KiwiSaver today. Nick says he's got two children, four and eight. Is it worthwhile opening KiwiSaver accounts for them now? And me making the minimum minimum annual payments until they join the workforce. What about account fees? Uh, he's got another question. Do you want the first question first? Why don't I answer that yeah. one and then what? Yeah. Um, so with the children, people might have got kids in KiwiSaver might want to grab a pen and paper here because in a minute I'll tell you um, a list you might want to write down. Um, with children in KiwiSaver. These days, used to be, used to be definitely get your kids in because they got a thousand dollar kickstart, and what's more, they used to get we everyone used to get forty dollars a year towards their fees. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, and that wasn't a big deal for most adults. Forty bucks a year didn't make that much difference, but for children who had the, just the thousand bucks kickstart sitting there, there are a lot of them, and then they're paying a fee each year. If the returns not very high, and it often isn't that high on only a thousand dollars. Quite often, people found the fee was bigger than there's a minimum fee of, you know, most of the providers charge a minimum fee of thirty, forty, fifty bucks, something like that. Uh, that was the that was eating up the returns on the thousand dollars, and and the accounts were actually going backwards. That has happened to people, and for that reason, it's um, not that great an idea anymore to put kids into KiwiSaver. You know, it's an all right thing to do, but it's not a particularly good investment. But there are four KiwiSaver providers that don't charge any fees if you're under 18. And those are Aon, A-O-N, Booster, New Zealand Funds, and one called Key Street, not a very well-known one. So those four providers. So I would suggest that if you've got children in KiwiSaver, you might look hard at, at transferring them to one of those providers just to get around the this fee thing. Mm. Once they get to... 18, you might want to switch to back to another provider because you can easily do that because they're not necessarily, they, they, 
as far as I know, perfectly good, but they're not necessarily the best. But mm. but while the children uh, got low balances in there, they have no fee idea. funds just for kids. That's right. Good on un- them. Under eighteen, yeah, okay. it is good, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose they hope that when you turn eighteen, you'll stick with them. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Nick also asks, I'm part of a company superannuation fund which has returned over 10% in recent years. It's mostly in property and shares. Would you advise being in KiwiSaver as well? And the short answer to that is yes. Um, the the company super scheme, he, he says, has done well, and he's right. Um, over 10% in recent years is good. I just want to comment on that, though, that that's not particularly remarkable a lot of KiwiSaver funds in property and shares have had similar sort of returns because the markets have been great in recent times, all of which keeps worrying me because they're going to go down again sometime in the next little while. No one knows when. It might be might be a few years away, but it could be today. Um, it, they won't keep doing as well as they have in recent years, whether it be Nick's super scheme or KiwiSaver funds or whatever. They've been had a really good run. Okay, Um so Nick's in the super scheme, and what will be happening, what pretty much always happens is there's a company super scheme separate from KiwiSaver. The company puts money into employees' super funds, and it doesn't also go into KiwiSaver. They get an exemption from, from the compulsory employer contributions because they're contributing to another super scheme. So he can't get employer, I I would be sure, he won't be able to get employer contributions into KiwiSaver. Nonetheless, it makes sense to join KiwiSaver as well, and for the first year he will have to put in 3% of his pay, even though he's not getting an employer match for that. Mm. Um, But he'll get the the, um, tax, tax credit coming in from the government. And then after a year, he might want to go on a contributions holiday, so... Uh, he's not no longer putting three percent of pay in, and just put a thousand and forty three a year in. He's he's like a self employed person at that point. He's getting he gets no employer contributions, but he on a contributions holiday you can still contribute whatever you like, mm. and he could set it up as monthly contributions or annual contributions. Get the thousand and forty three in there and get the member tax credit. So that's why he should be in there because from there on in he can get that. Mm. Five hundred odd dollars from the government. Lim- is, um, there, is there a limit to how long you can be on a holiday for? It's five years, yeah, and then you can renew it. Okay, so you can be in in it forever, mm. essentially. Yeah, very good, Nick. I hope you appreciated the help. I'm just mortgage free, says one person. Oh, we might have to make this on a quick one. I'm mortgage free. I plan to put two thousand dollars a month into KiwiSaver. I'm 55. Should I maybe put some of the $2,000 into other places? Good question. Yeah, and first of all, good on this person yeah. for once you get mortgage-free. Yeah. Um, I, I say you're allowed to have one month where, where your normal mortgage payments instead go on a big party or a trip yeah. or something like that. Um, but after that, it's a really good idea to turn around and, and while you've got used to not having that money, put it into savings. So. Great idea. Whether you necessarily want to put it into KiwiSaver, though, is, is this person already in? No, it's not clear. But anyway, um, the big disadvantage, of course, is the accessibility. Um, You can't get the money out until you turn 65. This person's 55. So I would suggest if they're sure they don't want to get the money out, then, in fact, might want to lock it up, then KiwiSaver's good. Mm. If they want to keep their options open in case they might want the money for suddenly they need to fix the roof or, I mean, who knows what. Yeah. 
put it into another fund that's very similar to KiwiSaver, possibly run by the same provider. There'll be very similar funds outside KiwiSaver. No difference, really. The fees are sometimes a bit higher outside KiwiSaver, but usually not a lot. Mm. And you can get the money out whenever you need it. So that's yes. a big advantage. Basically, there's no advantage to being in KiwiSaver beyond a certain point, right? Not really, except the fees might be slightly yeah. lower. So have a look at that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just one request, please, if you can repeat those four fee-free... <laughs> For the children, yes. The, yeah. the, the ones that don't charge fees to under-18s are Aon, Booster, New Zealand Funds, and Key Street. Very good. Thanks, Mary. And if you'd like Pleasure. to uh, meet the lovely Mary, that's actually incentive enough to go along to her seminar. She's oh. going to be in Wellington on <laughs> Tuesday, August 8th. And you can get all the info on her website, maryholm.com. Be well worth doing. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Jesse.